If you have your Bibles today, turn to the book of Daniel, and we're going to look there in chapter 3, Daniel chapter 3. i got to fix my mic, messed it up. Daniel chapter 3, and we are going to look today at verses 19 through 21 in Daniel chapter 3, verses 19 through 21. And uh, to get you kind of up to date to where we're at, uh, we have been talking uh, about this third chapter, about Nebuchadnezzar, the king, and the mistakes that he made. One of the mistakes was he had had a dream. And in this dream, Daniel interpreted and told him that the head of this statue was going to be gold. It would represent him, the king. So he went out to the plains of Dura. Uh, We are told probably it's off from where the kingdom was, but when you came up to the kingdom, this is the thing that you saw over everything. So he went out to the plains of Dura and he built a statue of himself or a statue of gold. And um, it was 90 feet high. That's a pretty good size, about like this bank building over here, about 90 feet high, nine foot wide. It was so massive. But not only that, uh, the head of it was supposed to be gold, which represented him, but he built the whole thing gold. And uh, so it was such an overwhelming statue that you would see when you would go uh, to Babylon. So that's where we're at. And then he said to all of the people in his kingdom, all of those that weren't under him, all the servants, all the people, different languages and tongues, He said to them, when you hear the music, when you hear the orchestra start to play, it's time to bow down and worship. He was trying to get this whole place to worship his image. Well, what happened in that is that everybody did, except three. Three young men. We are told about these young men that they were probably the ages of anywhere from 16 to 19, somewhere in that age group. We learned about them that they had made a decision that they were going to serve God no matter what. And so I asked you this morning, I know we've been through some trying times, we're going through some trying times even now, I'm asking you this morning, are you going to serve God no matter what? I think God deserves an answer on that. Because He loves you and He takes care of you. He's been good to you. And He wants to know, are you going to serve Him? He's asking you a direct question today. Because the times are the same. The things are happening are just about the same. Uh, They're trying to get us now to depend totally upon our government. It's coming, and it's coming quickly. And God needs to know who you're going to depend on. So that's where we're at this morning. Let's all stand and read verses 19 uh, through 21. You're up to date now. These men did not bow. They, 
they stood there because they would not bow down to a false god, a false idol, because they knew the true God. And here's what happened. After this, then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury. He was mad. And the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most high mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. These men were bound in their coats, their hosen, their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the mist of the burning, fiery furnace. I know the representation here of the, of the fiery furnace is literal, here in this scripture. But I'm here to tell you, and I'm here to offer to you today, that there are coming some fiery furnaces in your life. It's coming. And I know maybe you don't want to hear that, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Because in those times of our fiery furnaces is the times that God can build the character that He wants in our lives. So God may be building character in your life right now. Let's thank the Lord for His Word. Father, we love You, we lift You up, and we magnify You. You are so worthy to be praised. And Father, today we come to You because we want to hear from You. I came this morning to hear from you. I want to sit at the table and feed upon your word. Father, move me out of the way because I'm nothing. But Father, you're everything. And I'm depending on you to help me to remember the things that you've given me to study so that I can preach and teach to this congregation and those that are watching by live stream. Help us, Father, to be in your word. Help us, Father, to leave this place and say in our heart, it's been so good to be in the house of God. Thank you for what you're doing for us this morning. In your name we pray, in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, turn around, tell somebody you love them this morning. Tell them you miss them. <clears throat> So we now come to the third scene. The third scene of this mighty story. Last week we started and we didn't get through because of the snow. And we come to this third scene today again. We are seeing the same thing, these three Hebrew young people that are being cast into this burning, fiery furnace. As I said a minute ago, and I want to emphasize this a little more today, their names had been changed to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But I want you to know that these young boys were very special to God. During this time, whether you want to believe this or not, God had His eyes on these boys. 
He knew exactly what was going on in their life. He knew exactly what was going to happen. He knew the end of the story. But he was still watching them to see what they were going to do. And I want to tell you this morning, God loves you that way too. God knows who you are. He hasn't forgot about you. He knows where you're at in your life. He knows where you're at spiritually in your life. If you're his child, he knows. But I'm not saying that to make you afraid. I'm telling you that to show you how much God loves you. God loves you so much that he never leaves you alone. He's always with you no matter what situation you're in. Well, their situation here was that they were getting ready to be thrown into the fiery furnace. You will discover, as I said last week on live stream, you will discover that they were so important to God that he mentions their name 13 times in this chapter. They are so important. Now think about that. If it was you, if your name was here, and God mentioned you 13 times, he has to be interested in you. Amen? So he was interested in these young men. I, I discovered something in my study this week that I want to give to you that I think is very important before we go any further in this, in this story. If you will discover something, you will discover that their names were changed by this old wicked king, Nebuchadnezzar. He, he changed their names. It was something that when people were taken into captivity that they did back then. They would change their name to embarrass them or to abuse them, if you want to put it that way. There's a lot in a name. How many understand that? When you look at Daniel, that name means God is my judge. Daniel lived his life knowing that God is his judge. And so in knowing that, he said, I'm decided I'm going to give my life to him and live for him to the fullest. I want you to know today that you have no other judge. People can talk about you and look at you and say all kinds of things about you. But the judge, the only judge, is God himself. God knows you. So Daniel's name meant God is my judge, but he changed it. Nebuchadnezzar changed it to Belshazzar, and that name means lady. I know that surprised me too. It means lady, protect the king. In other words, the name went from a male to a female. Kind of sounds like where we're at today, doesn't it? Kind of sounds like the wickedness that the old devil's trying to do right now. Do you know that the devil in his, in his work against you is always trying to change your identity? He's always trying to take you back to what you used to be and what you were one time. That's the devil's strategy. He's always been, and it always will be, that he's trying to belittle you in your relationship with Christ. Well, the same thing was going on here with the king. He was trying to belittle who Daniel was. He was saying about Daniel that his focus, which is God is my judge, his focus went from God to a focus on man. That's what he was trying to put into Daniel, but it didn't work. The second name, Hananiah, that was the second boy. His name means Yahweh has been gracious. 
Hananiah meant Yahweh has been gracious. His name was changed to Shadrach. When his name was changed by the king, he went from Hananiah, Yahweh has been gracious, to Shadrach, I am fearful of God. So what he wanted people to see about Shadrach when he changed his name is that this was a man that was fearful of his God. He was... he, he, he Pictured his God as a tyrant. Kind of like our society today. Oh, you can't live that life. There's no way. He, he will get you if you do anything wrong. I mean, that's the way society looks at the God we serve. And it went from being gracious and loving, Hananiah, from gracious and loving to, to being fearful of God. A focus on God went to a focus on self. And then the name Michelle. Michelle means this, who can compare to my God, no one. What wonderful names. Are you listening to this? Who can compare to my God, no one, but Meshach. Meshach's name meant this, I am despised, contemptible, and humiliated. This king, this wicked, godless king gave these boys a name and here they were standing out there and they were the only ones that didn't bow. Why? Because they were sold out to God. And God wants to know today, are you sold out to Him? It doesn't matter what this old world says about you. It doesn't matter where this world puts you. All that matters is your relationship with Jesus Christ. Where's it at? Where's your relationship? So this man, Meshach, went from a focus on God, or his name did, to it was saying he focuses on himself. And then the last name, Ezra. And that name meant Yahweh has helped. God has helped me. Yahweh is with me. He changed his name to Abendigo. You know what that meant? It meant the servant of Nebo. Nebo was a false god. The serv- he was embarrassing him. He was saying he's gone from worshiping Yahweh, the only God that helps him, to worshiping the servant of Nebo. We know none of that's true. But there's something in a name. Their name was changed. You see... It was all focused on their identity. Listen, we're living in a world right now that identity has been put to the forefront. It's all focused on identity. God wants to know your identity this morning. He wants to know where you stand with Him. He deserves an answer. Now you can get up from here and say that preacher was loud today, that preacher was this, that preacher was that, but I'm here to tell you right now, God has put before you this morning, as you come to church, you didn't know that He wants you to make that decision this morning. Where do you stand with God right now? Your identity. Your identity is with God. 
You see, they went from their name standpoint, not in their soul or not in their heart, but from their name standpoint, they went from, from God being what God wants them to be, thinking about God, their name, the old king thought if he changed it, it would be automatically away from God. But I'm here to tell you it was not. So what is our identity? First of all, I want you to look at our identity. Now, he doesn't have this back here, but I, I want you to look at our identity in God. Who are you in God as Christians? Here's who you are. Now listen real closely. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, here's your identity in God. He says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctify thee. I'm here to tell you right now, when God gave you to your parents, when God gave you to your parents, He formed you. He made your identity who you are. And I'm talking about physically. Is everybody with me? God did that. But now the world will say, well, that God stuff, you know, we just can't believe in all that. we got to look at the science. Well, they don't understand. God's the one that put the science. Made the science. Science is true because of God. So when you look at how He formed you, He formed you male or female. But now, we are trying to send other countries money, and we're trying to get this, you know, that uh, little boys can, can run races with little girls now because they identify as a little girl, and a little girl may identify as a boy, and all this stuff. And I'm telling you right now, that goes against the very principle of your identity. Your identity is formed by God. Then I want you to turn over with me to, we're talking about our identity, Romans chapter 8, verse 17. I know this is taking a long time. How many will stay with me just a moment? Stay with me. Your identity. Then he says, and if you're children, if you know the Lord, then heirs. Your identity as a Christian today is that you are children of God. Listen to me. Man, you ought to be shouting the house down. You are children of God. You've been bought with the prize. You've been brought into the greatest kingdom ever, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. You're with Him. You're part of Him. Listen to what the rest of that says. It says here, And if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. You know what that means? That means everything that He has, you have. What does He have? He has it all. That's your identity. You are a child of the King. You can, you're nothing else but a child of the King. When you've been saved and know the Lord Jesus Christ, you're His child. He's adopted you into His family. You become part of Him, and He becomes part of you. How do you know that? When you woke up this morning, He was right there with you. Praise His holy name. You ought to shout the house down about that. 
I'm identified with Jesus. We are the bride of Christ. That's who you are. I am so thankful that I know that. Because you see, even if they changed their names and changed all of this and tried to make them think that they were this, you know what they identified with when he said, you bow down? They didn't identify with that idol. You know, a lot of people are identifying today with that idol, with whatever idol it is. They didn't identify with that idol. What did they? They had made up their mind. That's what I'm trying to say to all of you this morning. Make up your mind whom you serve. Because persecution is coming to you and your house. Identify with whom you serve today. So these men were important to God. Thirteen times he mentions their name. Sooner or later, listen, sooner or later all of us are going to go through this fiery furnace in our life. All of us are going to have an experience that's going to try to break us. Try to bring us to our knees. And I believe it's going to be sooner than later. The first thing we talked about last week was this lesson of persecution. I'm not going to talk much about that. In Daniel chapter 3, verse 19, first of all, we have to understand this king was furious with them. I said last week, can you imagine walking in to the king's throne and him being furious, not at someone else, but at you? Looking at you with his face all distorted and, and, and the anger in his heart and in his life. And looking at you wanting to choke you, wanting to kill you. Let me tell you something today, folks. You can be and you can say and you can go and you can think to yourself that it's not that bad. But let me tell you something, folks, and you listen to me. The world is not your friend. They hate you. These liberal teachers in colleges and high school that take our young minds and distort them. You say, preacher, I don't like you saying that. I don't care whether you like it or not. It's truth. They distort their minds. Those young, innocent minds. They distort them to believe things that are not true. This worldly, this world uh, attack on our children. There's a persecution out there. And you better wake up and, and look at it and know that it's coming for you. And it's coming right at you. There's a furnace of persecution. We see that in this lesson of His fury in verse 19. The Bible says uh, that he was full of fury in verse 19, that even his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's a sad thing when a person gives their temper uh, reign over them. Have you ever seen it? Have you ever seen it in a family? When a person gives reign to temper? 
And everything about them is mean and ugly and, and they just have such a temper. You, and people say things like, you better watch it now, he'll blow up. And they act like that's a good thing. That's not a good thing, that's an awful thing. You ought to control that fury within you. I can say about me as a young man that I had a temper. My wife will tell you that. I had a temper, and that's the hardest thing that, that God has worked on me on. And I'm just telling the truth. Some of you won't tell the truth. I'm telling you the truth. And every now and then I can feel it popping up. And I have to control that. And you know how I control it? It's nothing I do. You know who controls it? The Holy Spirit inside of me. And God can do the same thing for you. But this king had a temper. He hated these young men. Let me tell you right now, let's just get it out of the way. The world hates you. They don't want anything to do with you. They don't want to listen to you. His face is contorted. I can see it in the newscasts. I can see it in some of these newscasts when they start talking about Christians and they start talking about Republicans, some voters that, that, that live in the South. You don't believe that? Turn on the news. They hate you. You know what they want to do with you? They want to cancel you out. You know what that means? That means that you don't matter anymore. You want to know what the devil in the last days wants to do to Christians? The devil in the last days wants to do this to Christians. He wants to cancel you out where you don't matter anymore and your opinions don't matter anymore and your testimony doesn't matter anymore. But I got news for the old devil. My God is bigger than he'll ever be. We need to understand this morning that we don't shut up, we speak up. And you better start speaking up. You better start telling people about Jesus. If you love Jesus and you identify with Jesus, you ought to be a testimony for Jesus. How long has it been since you testified to somebody about your faith and who you are in the Lord Jesus Christ? Is everybody listening? How long has it been? Is this pandemic taking that away from you? You better get back on the phone. You better start witnessing to people because I'm telling you, you don't have a lot of time to do that. He was angry. The, third, the second thing, look at the king's furnace. Uh, verse 21 says, they were cast into the midst of the fiery furnace. Into the midst of the fiery furnace. Maybe you're experiencing that. Or maybe you experienced that this week. You, you went through something. Maybe you experienced a furnace of criticism. You know, a lot of times you don't like to be criticized, do you? Anybody with me? You just don't like to be criticized. I, I do my job, I do this, I do that, and I don't like to be criticized. There's children that when the teacher says they did something wrong, they don't like that. They don't like to be criticized. How many of you know that if you're wrong, you're wrong? Christians, listen to me. If you're wrong, you're wrong. And you just need to, if you need forgiveness, ask God forgiveness for it. You see, the old world has 
come in on the Christian family. Through the world, it's come in on the Christian, and, and, and the world thinks they can't be wrong. And sometimes Christians think they can't be wrong. But I want to burst your bubble. Sometimes you're just dead wrong. And you need to get forgiveness of that. Don't let the devil put that in on you. So maybe it's criticism. Maybe it's intimidation. Maybe someone has come to you to compromise. You know, let's go have a drink. Let's just go out and have a drink. It won't hurt anybody. Let's just go to the bar and we'll have a drink and we'll talk business and talk things over. It won't hurt a soul. What about that young Christian that's struggling in their life? Listen to me, look at me. You may get mad, but you'll get over it. That young Christian that's struggling in their lives, that's going through a hard time in their lives, and they come in that restaurant where you're over there having just one drink, and they see you over there, and they think to themselves, I thought they were a Christian. I thought they loved the Lord. I thought they were trying to live for the Lord. I, you may get mad, but this is truth. I thought they were, were really true blue. And here I am. They're in a bar. And they're drinking. And I'm struggling. I'm here to tell you folks, you better watch what you do. You say, I just don't think it's wrong. Yeah, you do. Don't give me that. Yeah, you do. Because my Holy Spirit will tell you that it's wrong. Don't you give me that excuse because I'll come back to you and I'll tell you right up front, right to your face. It is wrong. And the Holy Spirit has told you that. Oh no, preacher, He hasn't. Well, then you're lying. I mean, that's just the way it is. You see, sometimes He'll intimidate you in the fire with compromise. Sometimes it's isolation as we've already talked about. Daniel chapter 3 verse 21 says this, Then these men were bound. Look what they were bound in. They were bound in all their clothes. Why? Where, the, where it would be fuel for the fire. I never thought of that until I started studying. They, they threw them in in their clothes. Why? Because they wanted them to be fuel for the fire. And that's the way the world wants They'll bring intimidation and criticism and they'll want you to compromise everything you believe. They'll want you to do everything. You want to know why? Because the old devil just throws fuel in the fire. You think your situation's all you're going through, but listen to me. Listen to me good. He'll throw everything else in there with it. He wants to add fuel to the fire. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe the old devil has added fuel to your fire. He threw them in their coats, their hosen, their hats, everything for more fuel. Listen to 1 Peter 4.12 about this. Man, I wish I had more time. Listen to it. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials. God says to you this morning, listen. He says, don't think it strange, Christian, when the fire comes. Don't look at it and say, oh, this shouldn't happen to me. I, I've been living right. I've been living good. It comes to everybody. 
But what happens to most people, they want to they just get rid of it real quick. They don't want it. But what happens when God allows these fires in your life? Listen to me. He's doing something big. We see these three young men. You think to yourself, they're innocent. They shouldn't have anything happen to them. Man, they're innocent. But God said, I'm going to put you through a fire. I'm going to put you in a fire. Don't sound fair, does it? It's just not fair. I've heard that so much, it makes me crazy. It's not fair, preacher. Not fair. I've given, I've done, I've taught, I've walked, I've cleaned. I mean, good grief, listen to me. You don't think these three Hebrew children did everything right? You don't think they were on fire for God? They showed it. They decided beforehand, we're living for God no matter what. Listen to what it says. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. God already told you that. Which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. Don't think it's strange. Don't be surprised. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke 6, and 23 about these things. He says, blessed, that means happy. Happy are ye when men shall hate you. <laughs> I've not seen many people do that. Well, they hate me. I'm so happy. How long has it been since you said that? Well, they hate me. I'm just so happy. Listen to the rest of it. And when they shall separate you from their company. It's happening, folks. It's going to happen. Listen to me. And shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake, for Jesus' sake. Listen to the rest of it. Rejoice ye in that day and leap for joy. You remember what David did when he went into the city? What was he doing? He was singing, playing instruments, and leaping for joy. That's the way God says you need to be when you're going through the fire. He said, I just can't do it, preacher. I know what you're thinking. I see them little minds just turning. I just can't do it, preacher. Listen to me. Look at me. You're going to find out. Before too long. How do I get prepared, preacher? On your knees. How can I prepare myself for what's coming? On your knees? In the Word of God? Spending... How much time are you spending with God? Oh, I've got so much to do, preacher. I work all the time. Come home at night. Go to bed. i just got so much to do. Let me tell you something. Look at me. You're going to get through this persecution by how much time you spent on your knees and how much time you spent in God's Word. That's the only way. Are you listening? Is everybody listening? It's coming. And it's coming quickly. You say, preacher, you're just preaching all that gloom and doom. No, I'm preaching you the truth. It's coming you need to be on your knees. You need to be praying. You need to be worshiping God and reading His Word. And if you do those things when times come, He'll give you joy and peace in your heart. He'll give you joy and peace in your heart. <laughs> he said, Blessed are ye when men shall hate you and when... They shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast you uh, 
out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward. There it is. There it is. You know, we say things like, Jesus is coming soon. Everybody says, Amen. And we say things like, you know, we're living in the last times. And everybody says, I believe it, preacher. But how much do you believe it when persecution comes and you're doing the right things? You know what your reward is? Listen, look at me. Your reward is heaven. Praise His holy name. Heaven. Heaven. I may do a whole series on heaven. I don't know. I've been thinking about it. Just a whole series on heaven. Heaven's your reward. So why don't you prepare right now? This altar's open. I'm telling you right now, we need to be on the altar, folks. We need to be asking God to help us do these things. We need to be repenting. It's repenting time. It's time to tell God we're sorry for the things we did or the things we did, haven't been doing. It's time to come back to Him. Now you can stay the way you are, but I, I refuse to stay that way because when trouble and all these things come, I want to be able to get through it. I've made up my mind. That's what these boys did. They made up their mind for me and my house. I'm serving God. Have you made up your mind? Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for the message. How the world tries to change us and the way uh, we think and the way we feel and our, uh, the way our identity is. But God, we don't, we're not going along with the world. Lord, we're serving you. God, right now, we need to be on our knees. Before you and the throne of God. For your help through these trying times. For your help through these persecuting times. Lord, that we're ready, we're armed, we're shielded through your blood and your promises but God we got to know those promises so Lord help us today to be what we need to be help us to get on our knees before you God and repent and ask for your help you're here this morning and God is speaking to you this is a time right now that you can come and that you can tell God how much you love Him and ask Him for His protection and ask Him for His help and He will help you. I'm asking you to come right now and just bow before Him and tell Him how much you love Him. Amen. Come on. People are coming. You're not by yourself. Just step out from where you are and come. And tell God how much you love Him and ask Him to help you through these times, these trying times. Would you come right now? We're not going to linger, I promise you that. You may be here this, 
today and you've never been saved. Oh, you profess that you are and you go through the motions that you are, but you really have never given your heart to Jesus. You better come now and tell Jesus how much you love him. Ask him into your heart. Would you come right now? We're going to dismiss. Come right now. This is the day that you can get your heart right with Jesus.